Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And my name is Phil Thompson. It is great to have you here with us. Thanks for joining us on our weekly podcast. We work for a company called... JSL Solutions. And and what is JSL Solutions, very quickly? JSL Solutions provides um, products for ministries. We provide streamingchurch.tv, churchapplive, and myflock.com. And uh, we also work with uh, primarily churches, but we do work sometimes with other organizations that aren't mm-hmm. churches. So so we, we do this podcast every week. We talk a lot about technology stuff, but because we are both very much involved in our churches and people in our organization are, we have a heart for churches, a heart for ministries. And so we will many times cover different subjects that may be tech-related, maybe not tech-related. Uh, a lot of it's on leadership stuff, uh, helping you get your volunteers, you know, enabling volunteers and helping your church become more successful. That's one of our goals. And so today. So today, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about the cultural trends that are happening today that church leaders should not ignore. So when I say cultural trends, I'm talking about it's 2015, but a lot of times we still do church or still act like it's 1985, uh-huh. you know, or, or, or less or <laughs> earlier, you know. And so I want to cover some things here that will help you uh, help your church reach more people, connect with people that are in this culture that we're in now, 2015. And I do want to have a couple things I want to say off the bat that this podcast is primarily for church leaders and pastors, this particular one today. Mm -hmm. So if you're a volunteer, God bless you. I I love volunteers. But as we talk about changing the culture of your church, you're not going to be able to successfully do that unless you're involved in leadership and unless everybody's on the same page in leadership. So uh, I just want to say that because there's a lot of people out there go, I wish my church was different or I wish we did this differently. And, and the truth is you've got to work with the leadership to, to begin to make that change. You can suggest it, but if you're trying to do it on your own and mm-hmm. the leadership's not with you on this thing, mm-hmm. you'll just cause a bunch of division. Yeah. You can educate the leadership. Well, you can certainly do that if they're open. You can bring and, this podcast material right to them. Huh? Well, you could. And, and the other thing I want to say, too, is, uh, you know, as, as we've said here before, Steve, we have churches that are involved with us as a company, around, been around for a long time, different cultures within those churches, mm-hmm. different backgrounds. And if you're like a newer pastor to a church that's been around for a while and you want to make a change in the <laughs> church culture— it's good it's, luck, huh? <laughs> well, it can be done, but but it takes a while, and you got to be extremely patient, and you got to move extremely slow. Mm-hmm. So, those are my disclaimers at the very and beginning. Be ready for a fight, huh? Well, I hate to say that, but you will get resistance. Right. I mean, you know, as you know, I took a little part time gig here a while back with a, a church at. Uh, really, you know, we just opened up a facility, and we went from like twenty five people to you know about a hundred. Okay, but but the culture. That, that 25 or 30 people have been around for a while, and their culture didn't want to 
necessarily change with a new group of people. In other words, you got to do church differently as you grow. The culture changes, and 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 so it's been quite a battle. Uh, I don't want to say that that sounds really confrontive, but when I say battle, it's been quite a challenge. I yeah. guess that's all I'm saying. And 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 they're moving along, but it takes time. Yeah. I think that one of the toughest would be having a large established church. Yeah, yeah very that, hard. That you're trying to make more culturally yeah. relevant. And I would suggest you know you, you can only go so far, and th- that's just a real hard thing to do. And so those are the disclaimers up front. I mean, even, even though I went and started a church in Kansas, I had four families that I started with. I still had to change that culture of those four families because they were used to doing churches from the, from the other things they were involved in. They were used to doing a church a certain way and it wasn't effective. So it, it's, it's always a struggle to change culture. So enough of the talk here. So we um, have our top 12. We have our top 12. And let me say this too, that we're not talking about, we're talking about your method here. Uh, you may have to change your method, but not necessarily your vision. In fact, you shouldn't have to change your mission at all. That's not what I'm talking about. So when I say change your church culture, I'm not talking about changing the mission of your church. I'm talking about changing how you how you go about achieving that mission. Exactly. That's all what right. I'm saying. So... Uh, all right, so let's just jump in here now that we've talked a while and wasted a lot of time. Um, so one of the things we've got to keep in mind here is that um, uh, we've got to keep in mind as leaders that online is really the new default. So you get what I'm saying when I talk about that? Yeah, I think it was something we've said all along. I mean, people we, are checking you out online before right. they're checking you out in person. In, yeah. in they're Googling, you know, your church or trying to get a feel and understanding for what your church is like. So, right. yeah, uh, online is the new default. It, it really is. And so if you're not online, and I know we're beating this drum and wearing it out for some of you out there, but uh, there are many people that still aren't getting it. So, you know, when it comes to checking out your music, your messages, even the whole feel of the church, that's why streaming is such a cool thing, because people can get a good look. At, 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 at a lot of things with streaming video, mm-hmm. but it's not just streaming video. You can do podcasts, you can do some other things too. So, yeah. so absolutely. Uh, so online is the new, new default. And that's one of the first things you should always be doing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the new first impression. Yeah. That's for sure. Facebook, other things, website needs to be updated constantly, podcast, uh, whatever social media you're on there. All, All right. right. Exactly. Second one. Number two is Wi-Fi and smartphones. So the truth is, again, if you're really trying to reach people, you're going to have people in your church that are, while you're speaking, if you're a pastor, they're going to be looking at their phones. They're going to be Googling things. They're going to be checking out different deals. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully they're going to be not on their phone checking some irrelevant Facebook thing, but they'll be on the phone saying, Hey, he just mentioned this. I let's learn some more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Checking the facts and, or he said this and I don't agree with that. Let's go find out what the truth is. I, I you know, I, I had, I played a, a little video clip. Uh, it wasn't really a video. It, well, it, it was a video audio clip a few weeks ago when I was speaking at my church and it was from Jim Carrey. And uh, it, it was actually very serious. Uh, he was doing a commencement address for a, a college year or two ago. And I just played a, a snippet of it because I used it as an illustration. And I had a gal 
uh, told me later, she goes, yeah, I looked that up online while you were talking. I go, oh, there it is. And so she goes, I didn't listen to it, obviously, because you're talking. <laughs> she goes, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to listen to the whole thing. Right. So it, it, it's it's very common, and she's like 20-something, you know. So just keep that in mind. If, if you're fighting Wi-Fi, uh, if you're fighting smartphones, you're in a losing battle. You can't hate to use that word battle, but you're, you, you know what? You may as well make it a part of your service. And, right. of course, we've said that before. Right. Yeah. The, the statement about, um, you know, turn off your phones is, it, it's just like, you know, shut your mind and go away. But yeah. Well, what you should be saying is turn on your smartphones and, and open up your smartphone to John chapter eight or whatever right. you mean, because Bible software is now available, you know, on the products that we have, you know, it's on there. Uh, and, and you can use as we've, you know, again, as we've said before, we, we've got interactive platforms with yeah. our products like the mobile apps and the video where people can be involved yeah. and should be involved. And, and the Wi-Fi is another nice, you know, you show up at an establishment and they've got open Wi-Fi that's yeah. just kind of says, oh, they're thinking of me. It's the culture. Right. It's, and that's, so that's part of changing culture. Remember, we're talking about, you know, getting your church in the, in, into the 2015, into the culture that's happening here. Right. So instead of fighting it, let, let's, let's see how we can use it to further the purposes of the church. All right. So number three. Dialogue. It's the culture today. People want to communicate. They want to talk, not just sit there like a bump on the log mm-hmm. and listen. Uh, yes, they're going to listen, but 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 the truth is, people want to have a conversation, and so again, you can use online platforms at the church. Uh, you can use polls. You can use surveys. That stuff is out there with Google. We have that stuff on our platforms. You can right. use. I'm sure other people do too. Uh, it, it's it's not just. It's no longer just. You know, I stand up and you listen to me. It's yeah, yes, that's going to be a part of the, the deal, but it's more than that now. People want to be interactive in your services. Right. And one of the things that, you know, our church has been doing for a very long time is um involving the congregation in the message in that we'll at the beginning of the service we'll say, you know, take out your phone and text a reply to this number for this question, you know, what's the coolest thing your dad ever did or whatever it may be. And then at the end of the service, we get all that feedback and the message will be relevant to that particular question. And it just gets people ability to participate. And it's cool when the pastor reads their text to the congregation. It's interactive. It really is. It's it's interactivity. That's what's happening in this culture. Right. It's two-way. So if you ignore that, you're missing a, a big part. So number four on our list. Loyalty. So in the secular realm, secular world, you know, brand loyalty, you know, it's, they talk a lot about brand loyalty. Well, brand loyalty is actually, it's, it's getting lower and lower out there. Okay. Um, People aren't so much concerned, at least this generation isn't really into the brand loyalty thing. Like maybe you and I were, Right. you know, I remember my, my folks. Okay. Zenith. Zenith TVs, you know, they were loyal to Zenith. Zenith is still out there, I think, right? But, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? It was a brand loyalty thing with my parents and, and, and probably your parents. They bought, they bought a Ford or whatever and they kept buying Fords, you know, or they bought a Chevy and they kept, that is not the case anymore. Yeah. Got an interesting tidbit in here that 
you know, four out of the five global companies didn't exist mm-hmm. 40 years ago. Yeah. Things are changing. So what does that mean for the church? Well, what it means is, you know, you may have a church that's been around for 100 years, okay? But just relying on that, hey, we're First Baptist of, you know, yeah. uh, of whatever, something California or whatever, New York, New York, New York, New York, New York, you know, we've been here for 150 years, uh, that doesn't cut it anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's great that you've got a, that's wonderful, but the generations out there are not interested in that per se. They want to know what is it you have that's relevant. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. is it relevant so, to so me? So brand loyalty is a waning it, it, You can't it, rely it's, on it's, that loyalty. It's going away. So uh, you can't rely on it. So it's all about relevance. And, and how does how does faith how relevant is faith? How how relevant is is Christianity? I just I just saw a stat yesterday that seventy uh, percent of Americans consider themselves Christian. That's down from seventy four percent just a couple years ago. So the trend is, you know, people are less and less people are 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 saying they're Christians. And, and in fact, I can't remember the stat now, but a large percentage of people say they have no religious affiliation. What's whatsoever, and so what we've got to do as a church is we've got to say, okay, we've got to show how this is relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's no longer good enough just to come to my church because your parents came to my church, or come to my church because your grandparents came here, or my grandparents started this church, you know, and so we should be going to it. All of that stuff doesn't mean that much anymore, especially especially to this new culture, especially to this new generation. So you've got to keep that in mind. It's all about relevance, and it's showing the relevance of really an ancient faith to this current generation. That's what it's all about. All right, so moving on from loyalty. Hopefully we, we uh, shared that well yeah. enough. So number five yep. is guilt or lack of guilt. Lack of guilt. So I... Uh, I hate guilt. And, and, uh, you know, if we're honest with each other, uh, those of us in pastoral ministry and stuff have used guilt to motivate people. You may say, well, I don't want to, and I don't, but unfortunately it's so ingrained in our culture that, that many pastors and leaders have used guilt to motivate people to, you know, to change and help them come to faith. Uh, this generation feels less guilt than almost any previous generation. Yeah, that is true. So guilt's not a motivator as it may have it's, been in the past. It's though. not a motivator. It it, personally, I think it never should have been. Right. I hate guilt. Uh, I call my church a guilt-free zone. But, but uh, you know, if you're using guilt to motivate people, number one, at least in my opinion, you shouldn't be doing it. And number two, it's not going to work as effectively as it did in the past. Right. Uh, I've always said anyhow that if you're going to use people, if you're going to use guilt to motivate people, you've got to keep guilting them to keep them motivated. So I, I think it's the wrong way to go. And I don't think Jesus ever used guilt right. to motivate outsiders. Right. I don't think he ever did. So that's the bottom line here. So this generation, as we're talking about changing church culture and how to change your culture, uh, again, uh, these are things that I would suggest you consider. And one of those things would be don't use guilt. You shouldn't use it anyhow. All, All right. right, moving on here. So number six on our list. So there is a declining trust in authority today, uh, more and more. Just like we said, you know, brand loyalty is declining. Right. Uh, people, uh, 
people will still trust authority when authority has earned their confidence. Right. Okay. So I'm not saying that. that but just because you are an authority right. in the community or the world doesn't mean that the new person's going to respect that authority. Yeah. It's suspicion. You know, uh, more, more than ever, trust has got to be earned slowly. Right. And uh, people just, they're just not trusting people anymore out of suspicion. And you know what? They've got a pretty good reason not to. I mean, we, we have uh, this generation and generation before us, sometimes we've goofed it up. And, and so uh, this generation coming up, as we talk about changing culture, it, there's a declining trust in authority. So you've got to earn it. So uh, you've got to come up with ways to exercise authority that's worthy, you know, of people's confidence. So you've got to be trusted. So you've got you've to do be things. authentic and yeah, absolutely. That's the key thing. Yeah. And years ago, you know, I was told years ago, don't let your people, you know, I, I did pastoral ministry and still involved in it uh, on a part-time basis. And I was, you know, I remember uh, somebody telling me one time, a leader saying, don't let people see your weaknesses because they'll use it against you, <laughs> you know? And, and, and the truth is uh, it's okay to be weak to show your weaknesses. It's okay to be weak at times too. You want to show that you're real. It's it's all about being real and being authentic. And and when people realize, okay, this guy's human, this gal's human, they have issues just like I have issues. We're all in the same boat here. You know, uh, it it makes a big difference when it comes to. So that was number six, declining trust and authority. You know, the seventh one is similar to that. Very much declining trust in institutions. Um, and this is where I said this stat earlier. I, I can't remember. I should have wrote it down, but I saw it. It was on NBC nightly news or something. Uh, speaking of not trusting authorities, mm-hmm. you know, their, their anchor guy years ago, or not years ago, a few months ago, got in trouble because Brian Williams, because he was, he was, uh, he was trying to say that he was at, at places that he wasn't. <laughs> and, uh, it had something to do with in Iraq or something, but, uh, you know, they've lost some trust because of what he said. He was suspended for six months, maybe not coming back. So declining trust in, a, in institutions, again, it's the same kind of deal here. I mean, you've got to show people how your organization can help them, right. how your church, how your ministry, whatever it is you're doing, you've got to show them because by default, they don't, think it will, or they don't think it can. A lot of the people that aren't involved in a church, then when they think of the church, oh, they just want my money. And then I've actually brought people to church and they, the, the fact that they passed a plate during the service, the only thing they heard was that, oh, they just want my money. And it reinforced their distrust in that institution, the church. Yeah. And obviously there's reasons for that. But again, as we talk about changing your church culture, you've got to be aware of these things. And again, Mm -hmm. you can't just change all overnight, but you've got to be aware that, Hey, when people walk in the door, uh, or if you've got a ministry, you know, it's, they're just not automatically going to say, Oh yeah, this, these must, these must be good people. They don't do that anymore. Right. So, uh, declining trust in institutions. The other one is, as we move on our little list here, uh, personalized uh, eclectic spirituality. So what do we mean by this? <laughs> well, people, it used to be, and it still is this way to some degree, but you know, people want to find their own unique spiritual path. And, and so uh, they, they need the freedom to not necessarily have to follow the masses. 
you've got to give people freedom to, you know, to discover God. Through their own. In their own timing and their own methods. Uh, You know, I'm a guy that's really big. It used to be, and I, I guess I still am is like, you know, here's, here's a system, you know, on how you can do things, whatever it might be. Okay. And even when it comes to Christianity, uh, it's easy for me to, to try to teach somebody, well, here's, here's a systematic way mm-hmm. to, to get to know God better, you know, or to, here's a systematic way to get closer to God. Cause I think that way, I think, I think with list is what I think of. And so I have a list of, here's five things you can do to get closer to God. That is not what this generation is looking for. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they want to have the freedom to embrace the path they're on. Still need to speak the truth and and basically present the gospel, but allow people to kind of digest and come around as they as they want. You know, honestly, it's been that way for a long time. In the 35 years I've been involved in Christian work. I've seen people come to God in lots of crazy different ways. Hmm. And, and, and they, you know, if I mean, it comes down to this, is God big enough to, you know, for people to find him? I mean, they don't necessarily need me to tell them, all right, now take step two, take steps three, step right. four. And, oh, you didn't do it this way. Oh, you're not doing it right. You know, that, that's just that, that kind of thing, especially with this generation. Okay. So uh, you want to embrace them. Uh, you want to encourage them, you know, and, and, and really, that's really all it takes in my opinion. So number nine on our list. All I'm saying is give them some resources, but let them, let them walk it out. Again, this is my opinion. I may be way off on this, but I think if people get the resources, they're going to make the right decisions. All right. Number nine. What's number nine? So a desire for greater purpose. So be part of something bigger than themselves, I assume, is what this, you could translate this as. Yeah, I would say this uh, because I believe that um, people want to find a purpose for their lives. Mm-hmm. I think when, when Rick Warren wrote that book, Purpose Driven Life, a number of years ago, it was a, it was a big seller because people are looking for purpose. I'm not right. saying necessarily agree with everything he said. All I'm saying is people are looking for purpose and they're looking for meaning. And they're looking for their own life. And so, uh, you know, I think for your church, again, we're talking about not changing your mission. We're talking about changing maybe how you get there. But, you know, is your mission, is your vision clear? Is it compelling? You know, is it something that people can can get a taste of? And can they can they begin to wrap their minds around it and, and, and wrap their arms around it so mm-hmm. that they can find something within that mission that applies to their personal lives? See what right. I'm saying? So you've got to, one of the things that I, I really think is great, and I'm big on this, is is helping people discover their purpose and, and their gifts. Uh, because it's all different. In fact, we, we, we all need each other. And there's different, you have different gifts than I do. You know, I have different giftings. Uh, different people here uh, have different talents. We need everybody. And we need people to have the freedom to not be like everybody else. But to, to find out, okay, what is it that really floats my boat? What is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that, you know, I can use my gifts and talents for? So right. uh, I think you create opportunities for people to discover that. And then you, you, you know, you, uh, you so, so turn this, them on to the greater purpose. Right. So this couple of, uh, several of these points are related to each other. So this, this right. one was, this eighth one was a desire for a greater purpose, which kind of ties into the. Uh, or that was the ninth one, yeah. actually. Uh, our tenth one is is personal mission, mm-hmm. which is very 
is closely related to that, right? Right. right. Um, so I, I think that you have the mission of your church, but I think people can be a part of that mission, but they, they also can have a personal mission right? If that fits them. And so it could be, you know, it could be a specific charity. You know, uh, there's people like big brothers, big sisters out there. There's, mm-hmm. there's lots of different things going on and, and, uh, it may be a part of your church ministry or it may not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay if it's not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we we've got people uh, that do all sorts of different things at the small church I'm in. That uh, you know, it's not right. necessarily a part of our church's mission per se, but it does kind of relate to it because right. it's helping people. And some of these points that that we're going over, you know, I listen to different podcasts, and they're not all Christian podcasts. A lot of tech podcasts, and a lot of these points come up as I listen to some of these other podcasts that people's. Um, desire for a greater purpose and and want to achieve a, a personal mission. They're typically not oriented towards the church. They're typically oriented towards other worldly kind of, right. you know, being green and saving the planet or mm-hmm. whatever it may be, sure. whatever the popular cause may be. But this, these things do come up, so it's a need in everybody. Absolutely. All right. So we are, we get, we've got through 10, right? We got through 10. We got two more to go. Number 11. So trust in user reviews. What do we mean by trust in user reviews? Okay, so it used to be, you know, what you said about your church or your organization was, you know, that's what matters. You know, well, the bottom line is today, especially when we do online stuff and social media, today it's all about what other people are saying. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I think that's one of the... (laughs) the main drivers that Amazon has grown to be as big as it has because they really encouraged the whole user review thing. And so Mm -hmm. now it's, it's an area where it's a very trusted resource is those user reviews. You you don't know the guy. You're just, you you know, they don't, don't have a, a vested, any investment in the, you know, the welfare of that particular organization or product uh, that can be really honest. And so people really, Regard those highly. Yeah. So, you know, how does this translate to the church or to ministry stuff? Because, okay, maybe, you know, we're not talking about a product we're selling here, but um, you can certainly, you could certainly harvest some, some testimonies from people within your congregation. And, and, and it's something where it's a legitimate testimonies about how the church helped them or how something in the church helped or the people there helped. And you could certainly, uh, you could put some of that on your website. You know, I would keep them fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have testimonies even for our company, you know, with streamingchurch.tv and other things, you know, and they're legitimate testimonies, you know. Now, I mean, the difference is between secular stuff like Amazon, you know, you're going to get some bad reviews, you know. Uh, but uh, with the church, at least you could put some things up. And, 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 and again, remember, again, we're talking about changing the culture here and, and getting up to date. Yeah, and this is just the culture just, they put a lot of authority in user reviews. Right. So, so just remember that it's not about what you say, how great your church is as a pastor or a leader. It's, it's about what other people are saying. Right. And, exactly. uh, you know, I've had leadership team meetings and, and, you know, when I first started, I'm running out of time here, but I'm going to go quickly here. Uh, you know, we, we had a few complaints that my church wasn't that friendly, you know, and we're like, well, we think we're friendly. We're sitting around this board meeting, right? I'm going, well, guess what? We may think we're friendly, but we've got several people here over the last six months that say we're not friendly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe we should consider what they're saying. 
you know, about us. And we did, you know, and so anyway, all right, very quickly, we're out of time here. It's, here's another cultural thing that you need to consider. This is very important, by the way, the death of cash and even checks, uh-huh. believe it or not. So we're talking about offerings here. Okay. Most people now in this new culture, this generation, they're not, they're not throwing cash in, no. at least not much. And, and, and they're and not even doing checks as much now as they used to. Yeah, they're that's not running been... that many checks out. So what are you going to do to fix that? Yeah. I mean, you need to offer alternatives, but I, I can just reinforce this. I've, um, we used to use a lot of checks, and I just had to reorder some checks for our home deal. And I probably won't need to reorder another set of checks for another decade or so. <laughs> it's just been forever. And I don't know about, about you, but I carry... No cash and no very, change. Very little. A so, few bucks at the most. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, especially change has become more of a hassle than oh, yeah. anything. So, um, and, and so people are that way. So they want to be able to swipe their card, pay online, do whatever it may be, yeah. you know, pay the way they normally pay for things during the day. So, and they want to give that way too. Yeah. They want to give that way. So you want to offer, you know, online payments or other alternatives to um, dropping cash or checks. Yeah. And and folks, again, we're out of time, but this is 2015. We're talking about the culture changes and how you need to make some changes in your church culture if you're a leader. Uh, And this is a big one here because people, more and more people are giving online. They're using PayPal. They're using whatever debit cards or credit cards. And I know for some of people listening to this, that's really hard for them to accept. Oh, you know, we shouldn't, we should still take cash and check. Well, you can still take that, but you've got to make these other alternative ways to give available to people. That's all we're saying. Just what the culture expects. Oh, all right. So we're out of time. We went over time. If you want to give us a review, we are on iTunes, Church Solutions Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a review. We're on newmediaministries.tv. We are on YouTube, somewhere with streamingchurch.tv. We're all over the map. So we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us by sending us an email, support, at streamingchurch.tv. We're done, right? We are done. All right, Steve. Thanks for your input on this, and thank you for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Have yourself a great day, and we will catch you next time on another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. He's Steve Lacey. I'm Phil Thompson. Take care.